You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church at Mount Comfort. My name's Rick Francis, and I'm the pastor here. It's good to have you here. It's amazing what God's doing these days. Just awesome as we're heading into Holy Week. We're going to look at uh, the triumphal entry of Jesus as recorded in Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 21. It's a lengthy reading, so fasten your seatbelts. Get your ears on. Mm -hmm. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem. The whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple area and drove, all, and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Not righteously indignant. They were angry. Hmm. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, he replied. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. Wow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day in history that's recorded. All the Gospels record this incredible event of you coming to Jerusalem. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister the word to us today, that we could hear it fresh and that we could apply it to our lives and that we could see those things that we've longed to see. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Right on. How do you move a city? Let Jesus come. Let Jesus come. He moves the whole city. The whole city of Jerusalem is moved as Jesus comes. 
It's only a matter of a few days before the crucifixion. Jesus has entered into Jerusalem. <clears throat> the crowd's been waving their palm branches, which we've been using this morning in our worship. Wow. Shouting out his praises, the onlookers were looking, and, and we see in the words of Matthew, he says, When Jesus had come <clears throat> into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Who is this? Moving a whole city. Wow. We've heard, I think it was Josh McDowell that came up with the, the expression, I don't know if it's original with him, but he, when he came to who Jesus is, he says you really only have three options. Three options to come to some place of landing on who Jesus is. Either Jesus is a liar, or he's a lunatic, or he's the Lord. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. Liar in that he's deceiving the people intentionally, knowing full well that he's not the son of God, but coming off and charading as a Messiah. A lunatic, he's not mentally healthy. He's a little deranged and uh, he really thinks he is the Messiah, but he's not. Or he's the Lord. He truly is the Messiah. And those are your three options when it comes to Jesus. So when he comes... Here, all these people, this great crowd of folks are moving, and, and the city was moved. I love that expression. I'm praying for our city, our region to be moved. It starts with you being moved individually, and it starts with your family being moved, and then it starts with our local church being moved, and then the churches, and I tell you, God's doing something with the churches in, in Hancock County. This ministerial association that I have the honor of being a part of is like one of the most amazing group of pastors I've ever seen. Just wonderful. This Friday, Good Friday at noon, there's a, a, a countywide, a Greenfield-wide uh, Good Friday service, and it's going to be at Brandywine Community Church on the corner of New and Blue, Blue and New. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. Don't miss it. If you're free at lunchtime, get over there. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to celebrate the cross of Jesus. So we, we have all this incredible stuff that's taking place. He's moving a whole city. And when I, when I look at what does it take for God to move, shake, and stir an entire city? Well, if we go back to this day when he did it in Jerusalem, we might get a little glimpse on how he would like to do it here today. We'll start with Mount Comfort. Yes. Move into Greenfield, Indianapolis. Take it to the uttermost parts. <laughs> when Jesus' followers began to experience him, they began to extol him. And then they began to extend him to others. Do you like the alliteration, E-E-E? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, this comes from a book just an incredible book called The Jesus Code. And I, I share some of these incredible thoughts. One, who is this? They first found out who he was by experiencing him. You know, having a cognitive understanding of who Jesus is, you can have without ever knowing him personally. 
And we find that it's in being in his presence that we begin to experience who Jesus truly is. And when we begin to experience him, we start listening to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Spouses want to experience your spouse? Listen. It's a good place to start. Listen. Husbands, you want to experience more of your wife? Listen to her. You want to experience more of Jesus? Listen to him. God is, is so clear about this that at the transfiguration, he had to speak from heaven to earth. And he says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. He had to interrupt Peter to get his pronouncement in there. It's time to listen to Jesus. Because when you listen to Jesus and you hear Jesus, then you can act on what you've heard. And when you act on what you've heard, if you act in a positive way in agreement with what Jesus has spoken to you, we call that obedience. And that's what we find. These two disciples of Jesus, he says, go in, find the donkey and the colt and, and bring them to me. And if they ask about it, just say the Lord needs it. And they did as he commanded. They obeyed. These disciples have been experiencing Jesus for three years. And once again, they listen to him. They obey him. They do what he says and they get the results that's there. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And, and there's, no, there's no defiance. They're not questioning, well, I don't know if Jesus really said that. Did he say that? I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm not sure. There's no doubt. There's no delay. Uh, sometimes we call delayed obedience disobedience. Sometimes you can delay and still obey. But sometimes when you delay, you've lost, you've lost the blessing of obeying in the moment. Mm. So they went and did it in obedience to Jesus to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy that says, your king is coming to you lowly, riding on a donkey, Zechariah 9.9. Mm. So how do you move a city? When you have an extreme spirit of obedience to the commands of Jesus, you begin to see your life change and the lives that you affect change. And when that comes together within a, within a community of people, it starts to really have an impact in the world. When we honor Jesus by obeying him, when more of his own people begin to experience him through obedience to his word, we will find that he is still in the business of moving cities. He still will move a whole city, a whole state, a whole country, a whole world. So they said, who is this? Secondly, hmm, We find out who Jesus is and we move the whole city when we begin to praise him. We begin to extol him. 
Can you imagine this? Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. <laughs> I was reading the Passion Translation. I, I could get it out of the there, but it's, it's just a wonderful way of expressing just this concept of, of praising the Lord Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful. So what brought these outbursts of praise? Jesus is coming. They got the donkey. He's coming down. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And, and maybe on this side, there's Bartimaeus. Received his sight. He sees the Messiah coming to Jerusalem. And he loses control. He starts shouting. He sees a sight that he never would have seen if Jesus hadn't healed his blindness. <laughs> and you know Lazarus was there because he just stayed at Lazarus' place. They just had a dinner <laughs> the night before in honor of Jesus and Lazarus. And so there's Lazarus in the procession. And, and I think if you were raised from the dead, you might have a little bit of a celebratory spirit when you see Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Like, man, this is amazing. And how about the, the lame man who was an invalid for 38 years? And he sees Jesus and now he's using those legs and he's walking along with the procession and he's shouting. Can you imagine how many people that Jesus had touched, healed, set free, delivered, uh, resurrected in that group? And they're extolling the name of Jesus. They're, they're extolling the name of the Messiah. They are filled with praise, wonder, uh, exclaiming how incredibly great Jesus is. Yes. Pretty amazing? Oh, yes. Yeah. There's something about praise. He inhabits the praises of his people, and it's his presence that makes all the difference to us when we experience him and then when we extol him. Mm-hmm. So we share. We share our stories. No doubt they were working it. <laughs> I remember uh, when Dolores uh, had me at the Benny Hinn healing service. And you know what's happening as, as we're waiting for the Benny Hinn healing service to start? People who had been healed by Benny, and I had one sitting right next to me, he drove all night to get there from St. Louis. He worked that mid midnight shift and he got there and he's there and they're testifying. They're talking about what Jesus has done. And, and in those kind of environments, when people are talking about what Jesus has done for them, it, it starts to send out something in, in the crowd that's almost electrifying. It brings a release of the presence of the kingdom of God like nothing else. And no doubt on this incredible procession into Jerusalem, as they're sharing their testimonies, as they're exclaiming the Lord Jesus, as he's coming down the thing, they are having a celebration. It is party time, folks. They are having the time of their lives. They're not sitting there like bumps. They're, they're more like Anne this morning, running around the room. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the dancers dancing, the flaggers flagging. I don't know about you, but man, that young man over there that's waving that flag, he's singing the songs from his heart as he's waving his flag. Just, 
the anointing off of his flag just about knocked me down a couple times. Not because he's going to hit me with the flag. It was the anointing that was coming in his worship, from his worship. It was just amazing. And that's extolling the Lord. And as they're extolling the Lord, man, it's, it's just amazing what's happening. And that brings us to the third point. They extended him. Mm. Those faithful followers of Jesus that had been touched by him on that original Palm Sunday couldn't help but praise the Lord because they had experienced him. And they had to extend Jesus to all those who didn't know who Jesus was. Wow. They were sharing the good news. And there was enthusiasm in Theos, in God, the excitement that comes from being in the presence of God. And so that enthusiasm was contagious and it was spreading all through uh, the group, the multitude. And so then as the multitude comes down the streets into Jerusalem, it's starting to, to, to have a crescendo. It, it, it's, it's those big and, and the ripples that just keep going on out. Oh, there's got to be a better expression than ripples. What am I trying to say? The, somebody give me an earthquake analogy. What are those things that just keep going out? Aftershocks, whatever. The tremors, the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, an impact tremor. If you watched Jurassic Park. And the dinosaur paw hits and yeah. So Jesus is having an impact on Jerusalem. And I think we, we can see a model here of how we're to have an impact in our city, in our town, in our village, in our own personal life. Jesus, they say, as they're all trying to figure out who is this, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus. And oh, by the way, he forgave my sins. Oh, he not only forgave my sins, but he healed my body. He not only healed my body, he cast out seven demons out of me. Ooh, that's a good testimony. Oh, wow. He made my right arm and hand work again. Now I can walk. Ah, I just love it. So all this is taking place. It's, it, it, it continues all the way as Jesus comes into the temple area. And as he comes into the temple area, you know, we have him upsetting the, the money changers tables and he's, he's clearing the house. <clears throat> and he lets us know the purpose of the house of God is that it's a place of prayer. It's a place for conversation, communion, and fellowship with God for all nations. No discrimination, nothing racial, economic. Uh, it's open for everyone. It's a house of prayer. And I think as we, as we kick off this week, this holy week with our celebration tonight and worship, uh, it's just going to be an extension of, of the Sunday morning service as we come and we celebrate. Wave your palms, get your flags, put your dancing shoes on, uh, express your love and adoration to the triumphant King and realize that God's house is a house of prayer. 
And so all week we're going to be uh, having an opportunity to come and to assemble and to pray and to uh, seek the Lord. We'll get the music going. Whatever you need, let us know. We'll, we'll try to accommodate everyone with how you connect with the Lord. If you've never been to Morning Watch, you get an opportunity maybe this week. It's Holy Week. It's, it's the week of passion. It'd be a great time on Wednesday morning at seven o'clock to get up early, come on out and worship the Lord with us. We have about eight to 12 people that join. And this, this week we, we should have 50. You know, we should have a packed house worshiping the Lord. Now, if, you, if your job starts at seven, we understand you can't make it, but uh, it's going to be an awesome time. Announcement number two. Okay. Who says you can't preach and make announcements? Okay. So, so it's a wonderful time. Love for, you, love for you to be there. The announcement that's the sub point above that one, tonight, 6.30. Tonight, 6.30. Be here for that. And you'll get a little bit of taste of what Wednesday's like. Okay. So here they are. They're praising Jesus for all he's done in their lives. They're sharing their stories. The question is from the people who don't know who Jesus, who is this? And they're able to say, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. And then you fill it in. You fill in the blank. What's he done for you? What's Jesus done for you? If you don't have an incredible healing testimony, you weren't raised from the dead, Uh, you weren't blind, but now you can see you were lost. Every one of us were lost, but we've been found. And that's a great, great start to celebrate and extol his name. So who is this? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? comes into the temple, the blind come to him and he heals them. The lame come to him and he heals them. And the children explode. Once again, seeing Jesus caught in all Uh, the experience, the presence of God, the presence of Jesus. And as the children see this, they can't help but praise Jesus. And you get, you get this claim, this, are you there? You know, you got Jesus coming, everybody praising, hosannas are going off the walls throughout the temple area. The, the people are being healed the blind and the lame are, are being healed and the children just erupt with praise. They can't help themselves. All this wonderful, 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 wonderful atmosphere. And the religious rulers want to kill him. I don't get it. You know, Jesus, he says in John, if you don't believe me on what I say, at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And he just did some fresh miracles right there, besides all the testimony miracles that are in the crowd. 
and the children see it. Everybody, the little kids can't help it. But religious people get angry. Hmm. At least those religious leaders did. They were indignant. They knew they had to kill him and they had to kill him quick. So a few days later, they get their opportunity. Hmm. The key to moving a city is experiencing Jesus, experiencing his presence. And realize that as you're experiencing his presence, whatever limits or restricts your ability to embrace him fully in your life is what we need to be working on and releasing. Because Jesus wants to live in us Holy Spirit, without limit, without limit inside of us. Jesus says, the Father is in me and I'm in the Father and now I'm in you and you're in me. Wow. Transitivity twice for all my math majors. You have everything of Jesus ready. This morning... For Sockham students, it's, it's this coming Thursday we're going to be doing this, but I can't wait. We've got we to gotta do it today. I want you to just rest in the presence of the Lord. Shut your eyes if that, if that helps you. Uh, try to put all the distractions. Take, uh, if your belly's growling, lay your hands on it and say, peace in Jesus' name. Just speak peace to yourself. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to come and to activate the fullness of Jesus in each one of us. The thing that restricts the fullness of Jesus in me is sometimes the frame with which I allow Jesus to move is is just too restrictive. It's kind of like God in a box and and our, our box, God is so much bigger than our box. And yet we're human. We always try to get something tangible that we can grasp. But in the process, oftentimes we we make a container that just makes God way too small. So if you've got to keep a couple walls up so you can kind of have something to grab onto, take the lid off. Let him out. See what happens. So just take a posture of receiving whatever that looks for you. Sometimes for me, when I'm trying to get rid of something, I put my palms down like I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. I'm giving you this, God. I don't want this in my life. I'm giving it to you. But when I want to receive from God, oftentimes I'll just put my hands up in a receptive posture. And if that works for you, do it. If, it, if there's something else that works for you, get in a receiving posture. Holy Spirit, I ask now in Jesus' name that you would activate the fullness of Jesus inside every one of your sons and daughters, regardless of how old they are, how young they are, what they know, what they don't know. I pray, Father, that we would understand that as long as we're on this earth, our revelation of you will increase day by day if we, if we allow it. And Lord, we just say we allow it today. We receive the fullness of Jesus. You are the triumphant victor. And we praise you and bless you.
Keep receiving. Keep receiving the fullness of his person, his fullness of who Jesus is. As you're doing this, we'll get the communion table ready. And we're going to top off today with his body and his blood. And I'm praying as you receive the elements this morning, that the activation that the Holy Spirit's doing inside of you will just explode in these wonderful, wonderful sacraments, a means of grace for the fullness of God to be received today. Can you just add a tag onto that, that that's the spirit we want to serve from in the food pantry today? Jesus, our focus is on you and you alone right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome your ministry on the earth to glorify Jesus and to bring to remembrance everything that he said and did. As we come to the table that you've prepared for us, we do so with an anticipation of you being more alive in us than we've ever known. We say, shake us, Lord, move us, and then move our marriages, move our families, Use us to move our grandkids. Use us, Lord, to move all those that you've placed in our sphere of influence. And so we say, Lord, move Greenfield. Move Indianapolis. Yes, yes. Move the state of Indiana. As you're ready to come forward and receive the elements, you feel free to just come. Use the whole room as a place to just allow the fullness of Jesus to be activated inside of you. Sometimes I think of Jesus in my heart, but today I think he wants to blow up the heart, get into your lungs, get into the bowels of your affections. I think he wants to touch your entire being especially your minds. Because oftentimes it's our minds that restrict our ability to experience the full release of Jesus in us. So just allow him to minister. As you're ready, feel free to come forward. And these who are serving the Lord will serve you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.